What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker Podcast. Today's going to be a short and sweet episode all about why waking up might feel really difficult, or more specifically, five ways or five reasons waking up might be a little bit of a bitch right now. The reason I want to talk about this today is because when we wake up in the morning, we're really setting the tone for our whole day. That's why I'm so incredibly passionate about morning routine. It's why I've spent the past two and a half years really studying it and getting crystal clear on what my own morning routine looks like, and I'm still adjusting it. I'm still um, tweaking it and making it more and more what it needs to be for me to reach my next level. And it was not always like that. At first, it was what time do I want to wake up? Let's make sure I get up at that time. And I remember how incredibly difficult it was for me to stick to a specific wake up time that made me feel good and how long it took me to get really on that, that train that I deemed the, my wake up time that I wanted. And I, One thing I keep hearing over and over again from people in the community, people in my clients are just like, oh, it feels so hard to wake up in the morning. It's like, I I feel like I'm made of molasses. I feel like my eyes won't open. And I've been curious about this for a while as well, because sometimes I'll have like that morning wake up where I'm like, oh, my eyes won't open, which is weird because I got a lot of sleep. I did my nighttime routine, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, why is it like this? Like, why can't I like get up and get at them. And so I've been diving into a little bit of research and I wanted to share with you guys my, my conclusions and also see if they might resonate with you. If there's one thing that you can take away from this that will improve your sleep and your wake up routine and make it a little bit easier for you to have that morning routine, whatever it might look like for you. It might be super, super simple. If you are someone who has idea what your morning routine will look like. In the show notes, I have a link to my morning routine guide workbook. It's a totally 100% free workbook that will just help you determine what your morning routine, specifically your morning routine would look like. It breaks down the five major categories, I say, to a morning routine. These are not the five things you have to do in order to have a super awesome morning routine. They're the five categories I noticed in really successful morning routines, whether it's from multi-million billion dollar CEOs to extremely fulfilled happy gurus. Like these are just the things that I kept on hearing come up over and over and over again at a very high umbrella level. And then I ask you questions and kind of guide you through chunking it down to what is personal to you in that category. If anything, there's five categories total, but you might really resonate with three of them or two of them or four of them and not all five. And that's totally fine. Your morning routine is yours. And I guarantee you 1 trillion percent, it's going to change over time. And that's kind of the awesome part of it. We are ever evolving human beings and our morning routines are the same way. They're not always set in stone, which is always a good reminder to have for you sweet, sweet perfectionists, because I know sometimes getting into that, no, if I start something, it's going to be like that for the rest of my life. And I have to make sure it's perfect on the first try. And that's just not real. <laughs> like, And sometimes it's a good reminder to really have that thrown in your face, especially with something as, it, it, dare I say, important and as really life-changing as having that morning routine. But the reason I bring up the morning routine workbook is because the very first category and the one that I say is pretty unavoidable is getting up. 
And yes, that is a category of the morning routine because first of all, you need to know what time works for you to get up so you don't feel like you're rushed. So you don't feel like you're scrambling around trying to do a million things and then also start your work day and then also do your morning routine. And it's just because that will just start your day off in a rushed atmosphere, which will raise your heart rate. And then your heart rate won't really be able to slow down throughout the day. So you'll probably end up cramming a lot more than you want to do or are able to do into your day. You'll probably get to about 11 o'clock. Your heart rate will be like, oh my God, what's happening? And you're going to get really anxious and slow down and then beat yourself up. Who has been there? So I really am a huge believer and research backs this up, of course, that starting your day in a way that really like eases you into it, allows you to get grounded in who you are, which I know is very loaded, but forgive me. Well, I talk about that in the workbook. Read that if you're, if you're like, I don't know who I am. Read that. Um, but just getting easing into your day really allowing it to be something that you you guide yourself into so i'm going to stop beating this horse dead and let's talk about the five ways you can make getting up a hell of a lot easier for yourself Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. Number one is creating a sleep schedule that works for you. Yes, I do mean the word schedule. When we go to bed and wake up at around the same time every day, shock of shocks, our body's circadian rhythm is like, oh, I get this. I know what this means. Like I go to bed here, I wake up here. We're creatures of habit. And to be able to have that consistency really, really, really helps with our morning routine. And especially really helps with waking up feeling refreshed. So I ask, especially people who maybe don't have the most consistent schedule, I ask them, is there a 30-minute plus or minus buffer that you can go to bed at most nights, if not every night? And normally people will say sometime around like, okay, well, I can do like, and this is totally just making up bullshit numbers. Your numbers can be whatever they are because you're a personal human being and nothing is one size fits all. But I'll, I'll use mine for example, actually. So my current, my, or my current sleep schedule is I'm always hitting my head, going to sleep at around, at the, honestly, at the latest 9.45 or 10. And um, 
that is like every single night. It's even on even on weekends. We really my my fiance and I are really good about going to bed at the same time because we know how much better we feel and our bodies are so used to it by now that at eight thirty my body's like okay it's time to go to bed. But that's what time works for me. And it was not always that way. I used to be like a solid 1 a.m. go to better. And I slowly worked my way up to now 9.45, 10. And, but I go to bed and like hit my head on the pillow with my melatonin and just like snuggling up, getting sleepy. A little bit before that, my eyes are normally closed at around 10. I open my eyes. I wake up at 6 every morning. Weekends, seven, but I typically will wake up around six, 6.30 anyway on the weekends, which I personally love because I like getting up early. I'm such an early bird, but that's just me. Um, but I every single morning I wake up at six. So I have that really consistent schedule for myself. Now, sometimes does that mean 6.30 if maybe I was tossing and turning a little bit and I need that extra time? Sure, that sometimes means 6.30. If I, if like, for instance, we made a huge dinner and really dirtied up the kitchen and it takes a little bit more time for us to clean things up and get ready for bed, 10.30, sure. But it's always really within this like plus or minus 30-minute window. So creating a sleep schedule. And I want you to ask yourself, is there a rough guesstimate of time that you can go to bed and wake up consistently most days? I'm not going to say every day because that's very all or nothing, but right now I want you to think most days and you can change this. This is not set in stone, but this is just for you to take that step forward so that you can start to chunk this down and make this a little bit easier for yourself and maybe a little less overwhelming. Number two, is a bedtime routine. Yes, waking up starts the night before. I'm a big believer in that because I noticed that when I am off on my nighttime routine, I don't wake up easy at all. (laughs) Like, I'm actually going to give a personal example in my own life. My bedtime routine is so, it's like almost, it's so habitual. It's almost like autopilot. Um, I always clean up the kitchen with my partner and I wash my face, I brush my teeth, I floss, I get in bed, I do some Lumosity videos or um, games just to kind of like, you know, train my brain. I like to do that right before going to bed. And then I know they say no blue lights. And to be honest, I respect that. Some people cannot do the blue light before going to bed. However, my partner and I have a few videos, like a few cooking shows that we love watching right before bed. And we'll watch those and then fall asleep to an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm an adult, but it works every single night. The second that one of the cooking shows starts, I'm literally out. Having that really consistent step-by-step process makes it so by the time that, I mean, by the time SpongeBob's on, I'm freaking out. I have not watched an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants probably in seven months because I'm normally asleep by then because my body is so trained to fall asleep to my, after my bedtime routine. So I've obviously been conditioning, I'll say this routine for probably like two years. So mine is very, very set in stone. But what is one or two things that you can do every night to tell your body, hey, it's time for me to go to bed? 
You can also do some research on good bedtime routines. There's so much information out there about what a quote good bedtime routine is and find the things that you're like, you know what, that might work for me. Like what I just said to you guys, I know that probably in every single bedtime routine, do not do list. It is do not watch blue light. I've heard that. I respect that. But I also know that that's not something that I have noticed works well for me. And in fact, it actually, when I have no blue light on, it's harder for me to fall asleep. And maybe that's just because I'm a millennial and my avocado toast is making me just not be able to. But but I'm just saying that that's what works for me. And you might have a similar situation. So just take what you guess, take what works for you and what makes you excited to try and do it. It's really that simple. If this episode's resonating with you, you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. I help perfectionists get clear on what it is they really want, set goals that will help them get there, and actually follow through and achieve them. If you'd like more information about my program, email me at hello at lifecoachbaker.com to set up your free discovery call. Now, back to the episode. Number three. You're going to hate me for this. Don't press the snooze button. We're looking at now the next morning, obviously. Do not press the snooze button. That thing is no bueno, not good, no, no. And in fact, what I've learned is that if I adjust my alarm to make it so that I don't have to press the snooze button, I won't. It's when I have my alarm on too early and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just lay in bed for about 15 minutes and then I'll get up. That's when I feel more tired. And... Sometimes I'll need that extra few seconds to like, okay, like open my eyes. We'll get there. We'll get there. But the less I t- time I spend in bed, the less time I spend in bed, the more energized, the more awake I feel throughout the whole day. So do not press the snooze button. In fact, I don't know about other phones, but on the iPhone, they now have the ability to turn off the snooze button which is probably my favorite thing in the world. Now, the immediate thought that I get from most people is like, oh my God, but what if I sleep through my alarm? Like, what am I gonna do? Well, if you have a consistent sleep schedule, if you have a really consistent bedtime routine, then probably you're gonna be getting better sleep in the middle of the night, so you probably won't sleep through your alarm. (laughs) It's really that simple, guys. But if you are worried about that at first, first, then what I would recommend is setting one or two alarms, but really challenging yourself and making a rule that if the first alarm wakes you up, to not wait for the second and third. And to say, okay, first alarm woke me up, it's time to get out of bed. Oh no, the first alarm didn't wake me up, but the second one did. Okay, great. I'm not going to wait for the third. I'm going to get up right now. Oh shit, the first and the second did not wake me up. Well, thank goodness I have this third. I'm gonna go ahead and get up. But making a rule that whichever alarm you hear, you get up at that alarm. Because there's such a slippery slope between, okay, I'm gonna set three alarms. Well, the first one gets up. Oh, well, it's so cozy in my bed. I'm just gonna wait until the third one because that's really what time I need to get up. No, 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 no. You wake up with the alarm until your body is trained to wake up with that first alarm because you've been sleeping so well, because you have a consistent sleep schedule, and because you've been going to bed so well because you have a nighttime routine. That way, it just makes it a little bit easier for you to have that consistency in waking up every single day. Capiche? Okay. Next one up is water. Water, 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 water times a million. 
When we are more hydrated, we sleep better. When we are more hydrated, we wake up better. When we go to sleep and have a full glass of water in the morning, our eyes don't get tired. The, one of the major reasons our eyes are so droopy, if we had like a good night's sleep and we're like, oh my God, why is it so hard to wake up? It's because our bodies are dehydrated. So hydrate that beautiful body of yours. I'm a huge believer in drinking minimum a half a gallon of water a day. I heard a speaker and health health person say one time that we should be drinking our body half of our body weight in water. So not like pounds, but in ounces, not needing to convert them into ounces, but literally just saying like, okay, if I'm, I'll make this easy. If I'm a hundred pounds, that's 50 pounds. That's 50 ounces of water. Half it, make it ounces, just take off the pounds, make it ounces, and then drink that many ounces of water a day. And that, when I started doing that, I was like, oh my God, I'm waking up so much better. I have so much more energy in the morning. And oftentimes that's a huge reason why a lot of us are really sluggish in the morning is because we're dependent on coffee, which by the way, is not hydrating. It's actually dehydrating our body. Yes, I love coffee. I love my morning cup of coffee. I savor my morning cup of coffee, but I never have it without water because you have to hydrate your body if you're wanting to have that alertness, that awakeness, and especially if you're wanting to wake up with it. And then last, but most certainly not least, is, and you guys are going to be shocked that I'm saying this, is moving your body. When we exercise, when we take care of our health, it is so much easier for us to have a consistent sleep schedule, which means it's so much easier for us to wake up in the morning. When we get even just 20 minutes of movement in, like going on a walk or um, a small run or doing a yoga practice or a YouTube workout, or if you're in the Lyft community, we have curated workouts every single week for you. So if you just throw on one of those real quick and you just do that, having that ability to move your body will help you sleep so much better. Now, here's the biggest caveat though. That does not mean, okay, cool. Well, the only time I have to get my exercise in right now is 9 or 9 p.m. So I'll just do it then. If we work out close to bed, our heart rate doesn't have time to lower, which means we're going to bed with a higher heart rate, which means we're not getting quality sleep. So that's why a lot of experts are like, work out in the morning or work out over lunch. Like, make sure you have that time in your day on the earlier side to work out so that your heart rate has that time to re-steady, like re-lower so it gets back to your resting heart rate. So if you are working out at night, please be mindful of this. That might be one of the reasons it's hard for you to fall asleep and create a consistent sleep schedule is because your heart rate doesn't have time to fucking relax. (laughs) Like... So give your heart rate that beautiful space that it needs to slow down, which by the way, if you're getting a consistent sleep schedule and if you're waking up, you might be able to wake up like 30, 45 minutes earlier and do a morning workout. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to also cite, there's a book that's called The Power of When. 
It's by Michael Brunis. I think I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. But it's all about four different chronotypes, and it talks about the best time to wake up, what your circadian rhythm is, what is the best time to write a novel, take your meds, have focus, have sex, like all this kind of stuff. But I highly recommend looking at that book if you're wanting more information on what, or even I think there's a quiz online that you can discover your chronotype, which is the four different types of... um, what your circadian, your best circadian rhythm is, and you can get just a little bit more info. And plus, I know how much you perfectionists love a good personality quiz. So highly recommend that one. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you got some good takeaways and you can take at least one of these little nuggets away and start implementing it into your nightly routine or into your morning routine or whatever that looks like. And don't forget, there's a free morning routine workbook in the show notes if you want to get your hands on that so you can start creating a morning routine that works best for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social. Yes, I say this every episode, but because it's so incredibly helpful, thank you guys so much who have rated the podcast, who have written a little love note in the review section. It really does help get more listeners and more people in on this information, which I think we all can agree is really helpful. So I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Now, don't forget to go and get your free five-day mindset makeover by going to lifecoachbaker.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.